the Sports Talk with Devin Wade recap. Welcome to the Sports Talk with Devin Wade briefcast. Happy, happy, happy Super Bowl Sunday. Wanted to come to you real quick just hours before the big game. And I have to tell you, man, I am excited. I just, Super Bowl Sunday is something different for me. I really do feel like celebrating. I feel like it's a national, uh, unofficial national holiday because we have a great time. We gather with friends and family. We have music and alcohol and all the trappings. (laughs) Aside from the religious component, we have all the trappings of most other holidays. So I woke up this morning and I always, uh, I guess over the last 10 years or so I've always tweeted happy Super Bowl Sunday and I already have the pregame going I am finalizing my menu now I will watch the game by myself now what I will do and again welcome aboard want to remind you if you want to listen to full-fledged episodes this is a briefcast an abbreviated episode but if you want to listen to past episodes go to wadeswordproductions.com also I want you to become a part of the sports talk with Devin Wade community and you can do so by joining the sports talk with Devin Wade group on Facebook you can follow me on x or twitter 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 slash x had wade's word and on threads and instagram at the devin wade so those are ways that you can reach out and follow me on social media but i want to see you guys post vote on poll questions and i gave you guys an opportunity to vote on who you thought was going to win the super bowl but let me go back to why the super bowl means so much and i don't know the first super bowl i ever attended was 1979 i guess it was the 79 79 into 80 or eight maybe january 80 but it was the rams versus the pittsburgh steelers but just the energy of the day as it's gotten bigger and bigger and bigger and what and that game was in the rose bowl and what I, I don't remember a lot about the game itself other than we were with the rams when with the rams family took the rams friends and family bus from the hotel to the rose bowl And they gave us these silver, like aluminum kind of placards that we were to wave at a certain time for the national audience to see. And I remember that part. I remember I had on a green sweat. I was a really young kid. But I remember just the the beauty of the Rose Bowl and just all of that stuff with the Rose Bowl and going to the Super Bowl and the helicopters and the blimp. And remember the blimp used to be a big, big deal. I mean, I think blimps fly all over everywhere all the time now, but at the time the blimp was there and there were only like two, three blimps in the, the country. And one of them was in right here in Houston, outside of Houston in spring, but it was all of that energy. And then we went to the post game, celebration which was not much of a celebration uh, with the rams and they had two uh, ice sculptures of rams featured on the buffet table and i got a chance to take a picture with uh, jack youngblood and vince ferragamo i met wendell tyler i mean i was at the rams facility so yeah i mean that's a whole nother story but uh, as it pertains to the super bowl it's just a special day and when you play football and I used to do this, not as much anymore, but in those moments right before the game, you visualize like as you know, as a young kid, man, what would it be like to play in the Super Bowl, knowing that 
everybody you ever met in your entire life, people you don't know, people you'll meet in the future, will come into contact with that game. And it's, it's a huge, huge social phenomenon. It's a huge American phenomenon. Only thing big in the world is the World Cup. And I will tell you, man, it's a big, big deal. And I often wonder, and of course, I talked to Eddie Robinson. We talked about it here on this podcast. He played in the Super Bowl, and, you know, he gave his thoughts about it. But just imagine, I think at some point, you as a player, you would be so concentrated on what you had coming up that you could take some of that away if you don't get too, too caught up in the moment because you know you don't want to blow that chance. But every time I see him, especially for the national anthem, it's just like, wow, what these guys must be going through in the moments before the Super Bowl. Because whatever you do will be remembered by somebody. I, I can go back to moments in games. You know, nobody wants to be Jackie Smith. Nobody wants to be the guy to drop the big pass or have the penalty or come up short or just you, – you more. <laughs> I think you're more worried about not blowing the game on some levels and, and, of course, if you make the play, you're famous forever. And there's some guys that Brown from uh, the Dallas Cowboys went on and made a, make a ton of money off of a big day. There's so many guys that had huge days in the Super Bowl. Timmy Smith, of course, Doug Williams went down in history for his incredible day. That day can make you in so many ways. And there's always one or two plays in the Super Bowl that will be remembered forever. So that's a relative term. But, yeah, they're still remembered to this day. So when you think about it, man, it's just a, a fun, fun day. And i tell you what else happens around this time is the announcement of the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Obviously, we know now that Andre Johnson got into the Hall of Fame but if you want to see me, you know how sometimes I'm just generalizing, not stereotyping. You know how women will watch the Hallmark Channel to watch those movies where they know they're going to cry? It's those kind of movies that you know they're going to pull at your heartstrings. You know that? That's what happens to me every time you see guys either inducted into the Hall of Fame or getting notified. Now, they do the knocking. I mean, obviously, they've always done it, but they've done it different now where Hall of Fame players go out and notify the new guy that he's in the class of the Hall of Fame. So, watch that this morning, and I tell you what, I saw Steve McMichael, and you want to tell, hey, man, here come the waterworks. I wasn't even a Bears fan like that. I recognized probably the greatest defense, top two, three, but the most dominating defense in Super Bowl history, in that year, the 85 Bears defense will always be known as the most dominant. The best overall, I don't know, man. You got to go back to the Steelers, man. That's still curtain. I still say the steel curtain. You can talk about the Ravens with Ray Lewis and that bunch. But, boy, you know, going back to Pittsburgh, think about this. You had, let's just start with Ham, Lambert, Mean Joe Green, the White White. You had uh, Donnie Shell, Mel Blunt. So many guys on that defense, man, just just incredible, incredible defense. And uh, I will tell you this, you can put them up against anybody, but I will tell you, 85 Bears. Steve McMichael was on that team, one of the few guys left that has not made it to the Hall of Fame that made it this time, and he has ALS. And he's they're saying that he's literally fighting for his life to live for this induction. And so he can't move. He's bedridden. Uh, by all accounts, he's not here for much longer. But this has been something that he's waited for. And when you see that, 
If you don't tear up. And then when you see Patrick Willis talk about his brother who I guess died or got was killed. I don't know the circumstances, but his brother uh, passed away when he was in high school. And they had a big portrait up in his sister's living room. And they talked about how they thought this family would be nothing. And he showed them. He showed, this was his sister talking about him. He showed the world that the Willis family was something more than what people thought they would be. And stuff like that. Andre Johnson talking about his journey and what it means to him. And they talk about the people, Devin Hester talking about his mom making him stay with football and, and, and kept him believing at a time when he faced a lot of adversity and was held out and all of those things. But just all of those moments where you you see people overcome the most tremendous odds to change the lives their lives and the lives of people that they love and care for. It's the ultimate underdog story in this society. And obviously we know that people overcome all the time through education and other means. They overcome all of the time. But this is such a visceral thing, especially if you're a football fan. So if you want to see me cry, catch me on Hall of Fame Day. I mean, I'll be look, when I went, when Strahan got inducted, there was uh there were speeches that really, really were moving to me. I would tell you, man, it was, it's a wonderful, wonderful thing to see. When Earl Campbell talked about his dad being up in heaven, bragging to the fellas that, hey, look at my boy, look at what my son did. You know, stuff like that, man, it gets to me, man. So uh, all of that is wrapped up into the culmination of the biggest game of the year, and that's the Super Bowl. Obviously, I have my football guy through and through, but, uh, yeah, this is the culmination of all of that. But I've given y'all my prediction, 27-17, that will be the Kansas City Chiefs. I think they'll win it. Isaiah Pacheco could be the MVP, although he would have to run for 500 yards to get the MVP because they're going to find a way to give it to Patrick Mahomes, which whatever, that's fine. But I, I think look, look for that defense to come up big for Kansas City as well. Now, I got some of your predictions on KTSU Sports Talk yesterday, and I got some of your predictions for the We The People segment. In the We the People segment, I ask you guys poll questions on the Sports Talk with Devin Wade page. And you can call the sports line like you can anytime, 24 hours a day, 832-941-6614, 832-941-6614. Let's see what we have. Hey, what's up, D-Wade? This is VL calling out of Kansas City. You know, so spoiler alert, you already know who I'm going for. Ain't no fair weather fans around here. We were out negative degree weather for this team. But, man, yeah, I'm, I'm loving all the, you know, outside external motivation given to the Chiefs this year. You know, they didn't give us a shot without receivers from the jump. And, you know, Pat's done what he does. And uh, it's just beautiful to see what Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid have been able to do. And I think this game is going to go a lot like that. You know, Patrick just has to be smart. He has to kind of be methodical like he's been throughout these playoffs. He may have a few drops, but, you know, Kelsey has been unbelievable going 11 for 11. Um, MVS has been making catches when asked, and uh, that's all we can ask for. And uh, obviously our defense is all world this year, and I think they'll be able to slow McCaffrey down enough. And, you know, we've seen what a good defense can do to Brock Purdy. I really think the Packers should have won that game. 
Um, unfortunately, Jordan Love, a little uh, inexperienced as of right now and wasn't able to close the deal, but Brock Purdy is not going to have that opportunity against the Chiefs because he has to face Mahomes on the other side. And I think just that Mahomes effect, uh, teams knowing they're going to have to put points on the board, running the ball the whole game is not going to cut it, will lead the 49ers to make Brock Purdy make some throws that he probably isn't ready for. And I'm going to constantly try to press, and uh, Kansas City defense this year is ready for uh, whatever they have to bring. So I, I, I got the Chiefs. Uh, I'm going to say let's go 28-24 Chiefs All right, D-Way. Thanks for checking in, E.L. And I will tell you this. I think he brings up a very important thing that we on the outside don't look at as much, and that's that defensive performance. And the other part of that is how methodical Patrick Mahomes has been. Think about how I think the first – the first drive against Buffalo was like six or seven minutes. It was a long, extended drive, and it speaks to his maturity as a quarterback. Obviously, he's a gunslinger who can sling with anybody, and I'm sure by nature that's what he wants to do. But he has toned down his game. You don't have Tyreek Hill out there to extend and push those safeties back to give you room. You can't. You don't have that deep threat. So you know you have to go underneath. You have to check down. You have to to do the things that you have to do to extend drives. And that speaks to how dangerous Mahomes really can be if he continues to be patient and methodical when it's not there and still have the ability to make the explosive downfield, any throw you can name kind of play. So I think uh, it speaks well of how much he's changed. Think about how much Kansas City has changed how they've gotten to this Super Bowl as opposed to other Super Bowls. So let's see what we have next. Hey, what's going on? This is Pernell. I just wanted to give my uh, my Super Bowl pick real quick. I'm going with the Chiefs. I mean, I just saw too little from the 49ers in that NFC Championship game. And I think when Mahomes and them step up to the spotlight, they're going to come through. But I do have a couple of questions for you. My first one is, what do you think about the comments made by Cheryl Swoops regarding Angel Reese's and Caitlin Clark's uh, uh, prospects in the WNBA? Because she said she didn't think they would be impact players for the most part just coming in. So I just wanted to get your your thoughts on that. And then also just staying in that same vein, what are the possibilities that uh, you guys are going to do picks for the uh, women's final four? I mean, who do you think? I know it's early, but who do you like to be in there at the end? Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Appreciate you checking in, Purnell. As it pertains to the women's Final Four, sure, we can do brackets. And I think with the growth, continued growth of the women's game on the college level, man, uh, yeah, we'll have a lot more interest than usual. We've seen that building. It used to be you could name the one team, whether it was uh, UConn or Tennessee, uh, back in the day, Texas or Louisiana Tech, and then you might watch the Final Four, and, and Baylor. Baylor's in that mix, too. And you might watch the Final Four. I watched every women's Final Four but at the Tacoma Dome. That's how they – I don't know where they have them now, but it used to be in Tacoma every year. And, you know, you would watch it then. But now with the game on the men's side changing so much, 
I tell you what, man, it is tough to watch because you don't know the guys. Because if they're any good, they're going pro, and you have to learn a whole new crop of one and duns. And so you don't have that fame, that residual fame that comes year to year with guys growing and staying with programs. And then you throw the transfer portal into the mix with that as well. I'm telling you, man, it is hard to keep up. And that's for real basketball guys and not casuals like myself. And I remember the time, and I and I long for those days. They'll never come back. But I lived through the greatest period of college basketball when those guys had to keep coming back. Now, I'm happy they get to leave out and make their money. I'm happy for anybody to go out and make a career for themselves and make, make the big money. I don't have any problem with that. But, boy, it was nice to know that. Olajuwon was going to come back. Drexler was going to come back. Uh, Patrick Ewing had to come back. Um, Wayman Tisdale had to come back. You know, freshman, All-American, you know, uh, all of these guys had to come back. And then the one and Duns came, and now, hey, man, it's just pure chaos. On the women's side, the NIL money is so good at the programs that they're at, they're not likely to transfer a lot. You still have a lot of movement. But your big, big stars like Caitlin Clark, like uh, Paige Becker, like pa- like uh, uh, Reese, Angel Reese, they're going to stay where they are because there's so much money. And not only that, they're going to stay in college longer because you can make more money on NIL than you'll make in the WNBA right now. Now, maybe that'll change in five or ten years, but this could be a true golden era for women's basketball because of – the fame, the level of play. You, I mean, you talk about the young lady, Juju Tatum, I think is her name, freshman out of USC. I mean, just amazing players. Now, as it pertains to pro prospects, this is a situation where Cheryl Soups knows the game, and I don't know what she sees. I'm not in a position to break down uh, either of these players' games. I do know that being a great college player doesn't translate into having a great pro career, and there's a lot of great pros. I don't know specifically what she said are the holes in their game. Maybe it's size for Caitlin Clark. Obviously, I don't. it's hard to imagine she can put up those same numbers on a pro level. You don't know, and I don't think any of us know, but Cheryl Swoops, one of the greatest to ever do it, Certainly has her opinions. But if you want to do the final four picks, yeah, we can do that. So, again, uh, Purnell goes with the Chiefs. So, we, I asked you guys on Sports Talk with Devin Wade page, and you guys said to the tune of 70 to 30, 70% to 30%, you take the Kansas City Chiefs to win it all. And so that is uh, interesting. You, I mean, maybe it's <laughs> them, people just buying into the Mahomes Kool-Aid, which is – that's some good Kool-Aid to drink if you got to drink Kool-Aid. And uh, so there you have it. What I would like you guys to do is to call me and leave me a message of your, on your thoughts of the game, of halftime, of uh, Usher, of Taylor Swift. By the way, I know I've gotten on people's nerves, and a lot of people let me know it, uh, by saying Bobby Brown, I would take Bobby Brown over Usher. But I would. I, just, I would take Bobby Brown over Usher uh, six, I uh, know, seven out of seven days, or, or six out of seven days, and twice on Sundays, or however the saying goes. But whatever, you give me your thoughts on that. Eight three two nine four one six six one four. If you're listening to this, go back and listen to those conversations. Even if the game, obviously the game will be over, maybe by the time you get a chance to listen. But go back and listen to those conversations with Terrence Harris and Reggie Brown. That was fun stuff. 
Give me your thoughts on that. Go back and uh, give that a listen, even after the game. But give me a call so we can get you on the next podcast, 832-941-6614. Go on Facebook Live later this afternoon. Thanks so much, guys. Have a great Super Bowl Sunday. Remember, follow me on Twitter at Wade's Word, W-A-D-E-S-W-O-R-D. And, of course, the Sports Talk with Devin Wade group and page on Facebook, on Threads and IG. Instagram at the Devin Wade. And if you can't remember any of that, please remember these four things. Number one, I don't do no favors after six o'clock in the evening. Two, I ain't got no money. Three, I'm not harboring any fugitives from justice. And four, bye. This has been the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. Remember, you can follow him on Twitter at Wade's Word. Thank you for listening.